to set your, your affection on Christ. Set your affection on Christ. Wherefore, if ye be dead with Christ from the rudiments of the world, why as though living in the world are ye subject to ordinances? Touch not, taste not, handle not, which, are, which all are to perish with the using after the commandments and doctrines of men. Which things have indeed a show of wisdom in will worship and in humility and neglecting of the body, not in any honor to the satisfying of the flesh. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on the things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. So tonight, again, we'll continue our study. Two weeks ago, or three weeks ago now, we looked at verse 1 of chapter 3, which, as we learned, then is tied into the portion of verses 1 to 4, which deal with our, Brother Henry Mahan bought out, it deals with our attitude uh, towards the material world and, and towards spiritual things, which is found in verses 1 to 4. Hawker comments about, about verse 1 to 4 of this chapter. Now, now, Paul is now calling upon the members of Christ's body who were once dead in their sins, absolutely dead. We know that. We come into this world spiritually dead. Who were once dead in their sins, but now brought forth into a new and spiritual life, born again, regenerated by the Holy Spirit of God, were born again it, um, in Christ, their glorious head to manifest the reality of this new life by, having, by living to Christ and upon Christ. So we, we, we live to Christ and we live upon Him. We feast upon Him. And causing their whole affections to center in Christ. And we brought that out many times through this, this, this study that Paul is bringing forth and setting forth the supremacy of Christ and the preeminence of Christ. That he is, he is the object of our faith. He's the one who we center upon. Christ and him alone. As the members of the body live by, by the head. So let us note that the text is written to believers. It's not written to unbelievers. It's written to believers. As none, none can seek Christ or set their affection upon Christ except those who are born again. Those who are born again. Regenerated by the Holy Spirit of God. Christ must be revealed. He must be revealed before we know Him. We must be born again. We must be regenerated before we have faith in Christ. It's a work of God, the Holy Spirit. And in order for us to set our affections upon Him, we must be born again. We must be. Now we know from our study two weeks or three weeks ago, the tie-in that Paul has to, uh, to what he's penned in verse 20, where he brings out the fact that we are dead in Christ, we are dead in Christ. We're dead to the rudiments of the world. We're not subject to ordinances. Which the false teachers, remember what the false teachers are trying to yoke. They're trying to yoke the Colossians and to do this and do that. But we're dead to those things. We're dead to those things in Christ. Paul has exposed the false teachers and their teaching for what it is. They promise freedom and knowledge through their teaching, but all it does is lead to bondage. All it does is lead to bondage. And it puffs up their, them, it puffs up the false teachers, and it puffs up the, the followers, and they're filled with self-righteousness. And the false teachers of supposed liberty, which actually leads their followers into bondage, enjoy no spiritual freedom. 
is they're always caught up, continuously caught up in what must I do instead of what has Christ done? It's done. It's finished. He did the work. He did the work. So hence Paul exposes the false teachers as, as bogus. They're, they're false teachers. Look at the question in verses 20 to 22 and then exposes them in verse 23 of chapter 2. Wherefore, if ye be dead with Christ from the rudiments of the world, why, as though living in the world, are ye subject to ordinances? Touch not. Taste not. Handle not. Which are all the perish. They're all, they're, they're all perish. What they're using. After the commandments and doctrines of men. Which things indeed have a, a show of wisdom in will worship. And we saw that, that, that that's... that's um, and it says in humility, and we saw that that was false humility. And the neglecting of the body, not in any honor to the satisfying of the flesh. So in verse 1 of chapter 3, he centers the caution believers on he who is to be worshipped. On he who is to be adored. On he who is the object of our worship, the Lord Jesus Christ. We are to look to the one who is so great that our minds can't even comprehend it. We can't comprehend comprehend who he is. Brother Norm and I were talking, and you could be the most gifted person with languages, and you still couldn't come close to describing who Christ is. Not even close. He's indescribable. He's in, and he reveals himself in the scripture. And, and we, we just marvel. It says that if you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God, set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth. He must reveal himself. The Colossians were not to lose their freedom, which they had in Christ by submitting themselves to the false teachers and their ordinances. Remember we looked at it on Sunday, the, the freedom and liberty we have, Galatians 5.1, stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made you. It's in him. Our freedom and our liberty is in Christ and Him alone. And here we see Paul hitting the same thing again. If you didn't be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. The true believer, who's born again of the Holy Spirit of God, will seek Christ and Him alone. This is a distinct mark of a believer. A distinct mark of, the, of a believer who's been regenerated by the Holy Spirit. We seek the one who we never sought before. <laughs> one we had no desire for. Now he's all we want to hear of. He's all we want to, to know. And the Colossian believers were to keep their freedom by looking to Christ and setting their mind and their affections on him. So the mind and then the affections speak from your heart. So Paul tells you, keep your mind and your heart upon Christ and Him alone. In verse 1, Paul's bringing out that which we are to seek Christ. Now, uh, Weist brings out in the Greek that this is the, we are, to, we are to constantly be seeking the things above. Constantly be seeking the things above. When do we seek Christ? Well, when we read the Scripture, we seek Christ. When we study the Scripture, we seek Christ. When we Desire to listen to the gospel, we seek Christ. And, and I'll ask you this question. Who is it that you want to hear about when you come here? Who is it, who, who is it 
Who do the, the, the saints and dolls, who do they want to hear about? Just Christ. Just tell me about Christ. Don't tell, don't tell me about what I have to do. Tell me about what he's done. Tell me what he's done. So we seek Christ in prayer also as we approach the throne of grace, praying to our great advocate and mediator between God and man, man Christ Jesus. We seek grace to help in time of need. We go to him. We go to him. Think of this. The believer is regenerated by the Holy Spirit of God in conversion and seeks Christ. Then the believer lives a life of continuously seeking Christ. Continuously seeking Christ. Which will be consummated when we're brought to glory. And then we'll see him face to face. And then we'll see him face to face. So the believer lives in Christ. He's everything to us. You take away Christ, I have nothing. I have nothing. And we daily, we daily hold on to Christ as, as the, center of, the center and the source of all our joy. And when we ponder, when we ponder the fact that we've been chosen in Christ before the foundation of the world, sinners, it brings us great joy because we know we never would have chosen Him. When we ponder that we've been redeemed, we've been purchased by the precious blood of Christ, by His shedding His precious blood on Calvary's cross, and the salvation that we have, that all our sins and all our iniquities are gone, as far as the east is from the west, that fills us with great joy. Great joy. When we ponder that, that we've been justified before God in Christ, it makes us joyful. When we we ponder that we'll soon be in glory because we know our lives are just a vapor. We'll soon be in glory with the Lord. It makes us joyful. We desire to be with Him. What things are, are we to seek and set our affection upon? Let's look at verses 1 and 2 again. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things not on things on the earth. So what things are we to seek? Things that have eternal value. In the truth of God's gospel, as we know that those who worship God, we must worship God in spirit and truth. And who does the gospel speak of? Christ. Christ and Him alone. How do we do this? Think of this. We're, We're... we're to seek those things that make our election and calling sure. Brother Norm and I were talking about this today. We're to seek those things that make our election and calling sure. How do we do that? How do we make our election and calling sure? How do we do that? Well, Brother Norm bought out that we, we examine what we think of Christ. How do we think of him before we were saved? How do we think of him now? What did we think of the gospel before? What do we think of them now? What do we think of the people of God before the Lord saved us? What do we think of them now? All things are new, beloved, to the believer. All things are new. God's people. You ever had, Vicky and I had someone one time, I was opening up the scripture with them. And Vicky and I had someone say plainly about the scripture. And this is a person who professes to believe Christ <coughs> is in religion. 
And they said plainly, I don't believe that. When presented with the scripture. Now, Brother Norm brought something out today. People, people will say, God's people will say this. They'll say, I don't understand that. But they never say, I don't believe that. And what you said today, too, about we don't have a right thought about God before we're saved. We don't even know who he is. We don't have a right thought about God before we're saved. We don't have a right thought about Christ before we're saved. We have no clue. But oh, when the Lord saves us, when he saves us, he reveals himself to us. He reveals the gospel to us. He reveals Christ to us. He reveals who he is. He reveals what we are. Sinners in desperate need of Christ. And when we think about what he's done for us, it just floods our souls with joy and peace. And we are to seek Christ in His righteousness under the preaching and teaching of God's Word, under the preaching and teaching of the Gospel. We are to seek those things that bring glory and honor to, to God. Jesus Christ is God's glory. And we are to keep our eye of faith upon Him. Upon Him. And not let anything move us away from the hope of the Gospel. Where is Christ now? He's seated at the right hand of the Father. He reigns and rules in majesty. He's our great high priest. See, we're to set our minds, set our, set our hearts and our, our, our minds and our affection upon that very fact. He's king. He rules and reigns. It brings us great joy. He's making intercession right now for all his elect. His chosen, blood-bought people. He's the only mediator between God and man. He's our blessed surety who's able to save to the othermost all who come to God God by Him. There's no other way to God except through Christ and Him alone. He's our sovereign Lord. And beloved, you know, we look at things going on in the world and sometimes we wonder, wow, what's going on? In our puny human minds, right? We think that sometimes. But He is working all things after the counsel of His own will. And all things are working for our good and for His glory. And we are to seek those things and set our mind upon the fact that our God is absolutely sovereign. That He rules and reigns. He rules and reigns. So with this in mind, let us look at our next verse in our text, verse 2. Here's the key to seeking those things which are above. Set your affection. So here's the key to, to seeking what, he, what he's spoken of in verse 1. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. The word affection means to exercise the mind, entertain or have a sentiment or opinion, a passionate desire. We are to direct our mind, our heart, to the things above, the things of Christ. And this is in, see, see what Paul's doing? He's doing a direct contrast to what the false teachers are trying to do. They're saying, set your mind on things you do. Paul's saying, no. Set your mind on Christ and what He's done. What He's done. The false teachers say, set your mind on material things, which will perish with the using. 
Look again in verses 20 to 23. Wherefore, if ye be dead with Christ from the rudiments of the world, why as though living in the world are ye subject to ordinances? Touch not, taste not, handle not, which are all to perish with the use and after the commandments and doctrines of men. So these are commandments and doctrines of men. These are things that they tell you you can do this, but you can't do that. And they all perish with the use. The natural mind is void of, of affection for God. We come into this world dead. Enemies in our mind to God. In the things of God. Sinners by birth, nature, and choice. And our, the natural mind is, is void of affection for Christ. The natural mind is void of affection for His Gospel. And the natural mind is void of affection for His people. I know that. I remember when, when I wasn't saved and how I thought about God's people. And this is why the false religionists become so infuriated when they hear the true Christ in His Gospel preached. Because the natural mind is void of any affection for Him. The natural mind lusts after the things of this world. And there are things in this world that are needful in our lives, but our lives shouldn't be controlled and directed by our physical needs. Our Lord Jesus said this, Take no thought, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or whither all shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. In His righteousness. And in, in where is God's righteousness? It's in Christ. <laughs> It's in Christ. He's the Lord our righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the moral. For the moral shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Matthew 6, 31 and 34. And then in Matthew 6, 20 and 21, our Lord Jesus says, Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt where things do not break through or, nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Where's your affection? It's on Christ. For the believer, we say it's on Christ. It's on Him alone. So this is a heart matter. Heart matter setting our affections on things above. And this is why we need a new heart. This is why we need a new heart. This is why we must be born again as the old heart, the dead nature, has no love for the things of God. No desire for the things of God. And it cannot set its affections on things above. Ye must be born again. It must be. Our natural mind not only loves the things of this world, it loves the darkness that our old stony heart is trapped. And unless our sovereign God and King delivers us from the power of darkness, we will not set our affection on things above. We'll have no desire for Christ unless He does a work. And we know that. We who believe know that. Oh, what a great God. 
Unless our sovereign God and King delivers us from the power of darkness, we will not set our affection on the things above. And this is why people have no time for God, because they love the world and they love the things of the world. And this is why we had at one time, we who believe, had no time for God before He delivered us from our sins. Before He saved us. I loved darkness before. I loved my sin. I still struggle with my sin. But at that time, I had absolutely no desire for the things of God. I didn't care. I thought my good would outweigh my bad. Boy, was I wrong. Let us rejoice. Rejoice, as Paul said in chapter 1 of this book, in verses 12 to 14, look at this. The Father hath made us qualified, which is meat in the text. Turn over to chapter 1, verses 12 to 14. Giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet. The word meet there is qualified. We're qualified for heaven in Christ. Meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Look at this. Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness. That's where we were. Dead in trespasses and sins and hath translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son, in whom we have redemption. How? Through His blood. And what's the result of that? Even the forgiveness of sins. All sins. They're not allowed. It's finished. What a marvelous, marvelous salvation we have in Christ. So let us remember, even though we're not of this world, we're in this world. And as long as we're in this world, we're trapped in this sinful body, aren't we? We have a civil war going on. Right amongst us. My goodness. As long as we're trapped in this body of death, the Spirit of Christ that dwells in us, in this old flesh, which is still part of us, they're contrary to each other. Like I said on Sunday, I'm my own worst enemy. I'm my own worst enemy. We can't do the things that we know we should do. So we have a civil war within us. But our Lord tells us that we are, despite all that, we who are redeemed are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a particular people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. 1 Peter 2.9 Public worship of Jesus Christ, praising and thanking him as part of our of setting our affection on things above. Private worship is also part of our setting our affection on our minds on Christ. Set your affection, your heart, on things above, our Scripture tells us tonight. And unless our hearts are set on the things of Christ, the Scriptures declare, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. We are not to set our mind and our thoughts and our desires upon the things of this world. Everything we see is going to perish. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit the things of the Spirit. Food and clothing, care of our families, health and necessities of life are to be sought after and provided for, yet not with anxiety and distress, as if it were chief end or source of our chief happiness, brother man. 
comments on that. Turn, if you would, to Matthew chapter 6. In light of that, Matthew chapter 6. We're not to get caught up and set our affections on the things of this world. We're to set our minds and our affections and our hearts upon Christ. Matthew chapter 6, verses 28 to 32, or 34. And why take ye thought for remnant? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which, which today is, is and tomorrow is cast in the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Wherewith shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. And think of this too. Think of this. All our spiritual needs are fulfilled in Christ. Not just the physical things that we, we that God provides for us. But every, what did we need? We need to be justified before God. We're justified in Christ. We need to be redeemed and purchased from our sins. We're redeemed and purchased in Christ. My. Well, everything we need is in Christ. Everything we need. Everything. And then he goes on to say, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And again, where is is God's righteousness found? Only in Christ. And all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the moral, for the moral shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. So the source of our happiness, the source of our joy, is the Lord Jesus Christ and him alone. Nowhere else. Nowhere else. All the things of this earth shall fade away, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Look at, turn if you would to 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2. And let us remember from the verses, the two verses that we're looking at in verses 1 and 2 in, in Colossians 3, that, that, that Paul, as one commentator says, it's a, it's a Christocentric focus, it's, and it's unmistakable. He's pointing them right to Christ. This is where we need to keep our minds. This is where we need to set our affections. Because for the Christian, everything makes sense only when it's seen in terms of our identity, our relationship, and our union with Christ. And thus we are to set our minds and our hearts upon Him. Look at 1 John 2, 15-17. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but it is of the world. And the world passes away. It's all going to fade away. It's all going to be gone. And the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Now a lot of folks get all tied up about the will of God. Christ satisfied and, and fulfilled the will of God for me. And if you believe for me. You know that scripture about uh, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, mind, and soul. Can you do that? I can't. But Christ did it in my place. And if you're a believer, he did it in your place. My. My. Oh, and we pray, don't we? Oh, Father, make known to us the glory of your Son. 
that the Spirit would shine the light of knowledge of the glory of Jesus Christ into our hearts and teach us. Teach us. Don't, don't we desire to be taught more and more about Christ? More and more about Him? That's what we desire. Oh, let we who believe be captivated with Christ's splendor. That we, like Moses, by faith, might say no to the, pleasing, or to the passing pleasures of sin. Hebrews 11, 24 and 26. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Some people think he might be next in line to be Pharaoh. Choosing rather to suffer, the, suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. And Egypt was an extremely wealthy country then. But he chose, he esteemed the reproach of Christ greater riches than all the treasures in Egypt. For he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. Hebrews 11, 24 to 26. And our, our cry is, Lord, help us just to rest. Help us just to trust Christ. Because what's the hardest thing for us to do? Just to enter into the rest of Christ. But oh, Lord, help us to set our affection. Help us to set our minds upon you. And he can, we, we know from our study in Colossians that he must work that in us. He must work those desires in us. The Holy Spirit gives us a desire for the gospel and for the word. And then we just praise him. We're so thankful for what he's done. May God help us to rest in Christ alone as a treasure greater than all earthly rewards. He is incomparable. He is incomparable. Gracious Heavenly Father, we just come before Thy throne. We are so thankful for Your daily mercy towards us. We're undeserving sinners. We don't deserve the grace You bestow upon us. We don't deserve the mercy that You show in Your people. But we're grateful, Lord Jesus. We're grateful and thankful that you purchased us upon Calvary's cross. We're grateful and thankful that your love was set upon us in eternity. And that you loved us when we didn't love you. We didn't even know you. We, didn't, we weren't even... You loved us in eternity. And we're so thankful, Lord Jesus, for your continued provision. Help us, Lord Jesus, to set our hearts and our minds upon Thee. In Jesus' name, Amen.